so a different roommate in that mm-hmm. scenario. They were all these. There was all like these white blonde um, roommates that I yeah. Loved so your type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I you know am also white. But this I've one heard. girl, one of my blonde blue eyed, one of my blonde blue eyed roommates at that time was like. Oh, I, you know, I wish I looked more like you. You look so exotic. (laughs) You know what, Shelby? So here's the thing. I don't know if you know who Amanda Seals is, but she's a favorite of mine. She's a a comedian, actor, uh, amazing human. And she has a a stand-up special. I believe it's on HBO. It's on one of like the premium channel networks. Um, and she talks about how there's a difference between white people and people who happen to be white. And I think you <laughs> fall into the category of you happen to be white because oh you are the type of person that if you ever said something out of pocket and I was like, Shelby, what the fuck? You would stop everything you're doing to educate yourself and figure out why the fuck you said that and where that came from. You'd like, it would be a full on therapy session of like, excavating your your biases <laughs> to figure out why you did that you know what I mean so you're just um you just happen to be white you're not oh you, my God. you don't fit that <laughs> white person stereotype that's just that's my opinion obviously um <laughs> thank you that's really such a compliment you're welcome oh my gosh <laughs> no and also because I'm so exotic but yeah don't forget that uh <laughs> Oh, gosh. I guess we should get into it. I'm Shelby. I'm Sam. It's the Rom Complex. One, two, one, two, three, four. Oh, I'll meet you at the meet cue, wearing a meat suit. That's a suit, it's made out of meat. And you, and me, me, and me, and you, me too. play the theme song so that we both can hear it oh but then my mixer's not working so I don't have uh, it or I can't the output isn't working so I can't do that it's like I figured it out and then another thing went wrong it's okay next time whatever you know I mean, we're definitely of- not we're not keeping this video anyway so it doesn't really matter no no, no I know because I look like trash I said in a vaccine line actually l- let me not even fucking bullshit I was in and out in under 30 minutes so I'm not even gonna sit and pretend oh yeah I was there for hours no I got there <laughs> early for my appointment and I left before my actual appointment time so that's amazing yeah. how do you feel I feel like a new woman I know I don't, I don't feel different at all. You want to see my Band-Aid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see. Oh, it's just a cute little square. It's just a regular Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> my arm's a little sore, but I can't tell if that's because of the vaccine or because I'm just sore today. I woke up, my neck was hurting, my legs were hurting. I don't know why. I didn't do anything. Mm, 
have you been in any fist fights recently? Maybe against mm. someone's evil ex-boyfriends? Now that you mention it, <laughs> I might have blacked out and uh, <laughs> and in my blackout fought someone's evil ex-boyfriend. So yeah. Okay, well, that would explain it. It sounds like you have a lot of in common with the main character of the movie we're talking about today. Oh, yeah, baby. And that is Scott, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. world. Is it? It is verses, isn't it? When I read the abbreviation, I just say verse. Yeah. I don't know why. Just because you abbreviate it. Yeah, you're like, like verse. <laughs> but me, you're right, it's verses. It yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, the 2010 hit starring the one and only Michael Sarah. Oh, Michael. Oh, little Mike. Little Mike, if you will. Small, lean Mike. (laughs) Mike of the of the mumbling and and uh, what else does he is he known for? (laughs) I don't know. Mumbling. That's literally it. He's known for mumbling and awkwardness. And he's like weak, I guess. <laughs> he's known for being like weak. Yeah, this Michael, if you're listening, we, I promise this is nothing against you. We're strictly talking the Hollywood stereotype that you have been thrust right. into. Um, his brand, I think. I his mean, brand, yeah, his brand he had something to do with it. Like, I mean, a little bit, but there's then there's times when you're like, is this really the person, or is it just oh, that's how we know them? Because then you also yeah. have the. Um, he was in that one dumb movie, This is the End, and he was a complete yeah. opposite of himself. He like slapped Rihanna's ass and it was just crazy. Obviously, that hopefully that's not the real him, but I also saw him in a movie where he played No, maybe that was someone else. Now I'm getting like I've seen now I'm like confusing him like am I thinking of him from from something he did in Arrested Development or was maybe. he in this movie? I think he was in this movie, Lemon. I don't know. Michael Cera is just one of those people where you're like, hey, it's Michael Cera. Yeah. Okay. So he was in this movie, Lemon. It's a really weird movie. Mm-hmm. But he plays like he plays like this really pretentious guy who mm-hmm. like obviously thinks he's like so much. Uh, oh, yeah. He's like a he thinks he's like so much cooler than he, than he actually is. Obviously. Um, and, and so it, it's just like a really different character. And I was like, he did a good job. Uh, I mean, that's just, but a pretentious Michael Sarah is just Jesse Eisenberg, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> just is. It kind of is. That's just the the vibes. The, those are the VBs we get, you know? <laughs> the VBs. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when we, wa- when we watched this, mm-hmm. we decided to watch it. I had no idea that you had never seen it before. I also had no idea that I had never seen it before. <laughs> Seems to be a theme this month of movies I thought I'd seen, but apparently hadn't. You know, I want to say that I did attempt to watch this movie. And maybe I did, but I was not paying attention the first time I saw it. Um, Yeah. Because I had no clue what was going on. And then this time I was like, oh. Like, didn't know Brie Larson was in it. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, yo. There she is. There she is, you know? Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, as as a first time viewer, because we're just gonna say that this was a first time viewing for me, um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. In terms of the, I really like the style of it. Just the idea that they're like in a comic world, a comic right. book world. Um, just in general, I think that's the way that they played with that 
kind of idea was really fun to watch. Um, obviously, it has its problems. It certainly does. Obviously, I wrote them down in my notepad. I can't wait to hear them. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in in the grand scheme of the whole movie, I enjoyed it and I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, it's definitely a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I I saw it in theaters in Melbourne, Florida. Oh yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and, and, like, I looking back on it, I didn't really know. I wasn't, like, in the know about it at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone at that theater were, like, super, like, Edgar Wright fans and, like, comic book fans yeah. and stuff. And they're all, like, I remember this guy had the, he was juggling LED lights. Like, I went to see this movie and there was a guy there juggling LED lights. And then I look back on it, I'm like, of course that guy was at this fucking movie. <laughs> This is so on brand for him. <laughs> this is so on brand for that guy. Who I... <laughs> for for LED guy. LED yeah, guy. obviously. <laughs> so I this it is a very fun movie. Yeah, and the soundtrack is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. I actually have listened to the soundtrack more than I've seen the movie for sure. The soundtrack is uh, very fun. Yeah. I mean, a guy sings this whole song about being a garbage man. And I'm like, hell yeah. I want that. I want that in my life. She wants to date a garbage man. Take me for a ride in your garbage truck, please. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the people we've dated are garbage men. It's just different. It's a different kind. It's a different different flavor of garbage man. (laughs) What? what So, you know... This movie, in the context of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, we have a love interest who he literally dreams about before he meets her in real life. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She is a dream girl. She is in his dream. And she has like blue or red or what color is it? Purple? Pink? Pinky purple? Um, In the dream and and in real life. So she literally, like if you Google what a a manic pixie would look like some version of ramona flowers will pop up right in a cartoon form for sure it's ramona flowers with her different color hair and she changes it all the time and you know she like talks to him like she's like "Mm, okay whatever but then suddenly like when he asks her if if she wants to hang out she's like yes which is definitely where the another part of the, like the dream girl thing comes in because why would she want to hang out with this creepy guy who yeah. ordered a package just so she would deliver it so mm-hmm. he could ask her to hang out mm-hmm. it's really weird a lot of the this movie i'm sitting there like for the first part of the movie i'm like why is she hanging out with him yeah which i guess is what he's thinking too right i don't know man it's strange yeah yeah and then he, also, just, he sucks. Like he he's sucks not. He's, so he's first of all. Okay, no. Let's rewind and 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 start okay. over. This movie yeah, yeah, starts yeah. with Michael Sarah, aka Scott Pilgrim, dating yeah. a seventeen-year-old girl. Dating a seventeen-year-old. Yes, and and he's twenty-two. He's twenty-two. So it's, in in older people years, that's not that big of an age difference. It's a five-year age gap. Like whatever. Right. But she's seventeen. She's literally still in high school. And we know, I mean, the whole, the movie is like, it's bad that he's doing this. Yes. And they also assure, like, they don't, he doesn't, he like barely even kisses her. Like, there's yeah. nothing sexual going yeah. on. Yeah. 
between them. Right. He's obviously just with her because she's easily impressed by him. Right. And he's like, oh, I can just do do this, be a shitty guy. And this girl just thinks I'm amazing because I don't have to actually put any effort into it because she's so much younger than me. She automatically thinks I'm cool. Right. And the movie is definitely saying, like, don't date a 17 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Because every single character is like, why are you dating a 17 year old? Yeah. It's don't don't do that. No. Scott? Yes, Scott. (laughs) Scott? Stop it, Scott. Michael? (laughs) Scott Michael Sarah. You stop that right now. (laughs) Scott Michael Pilgrim Sarah. Stop it. I've just decided if I ever accidentally have children, which, I mean, who knows? It might happen. Um, I will definitely, no matter what their first name is, their middle name is going to be Pilgrim. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Pilgrim Sarah, that's a fucking hilarious name. (laughs) It's pretty funny. I mean, hey, maybe I'll make it the first name. Pilgrim. Yeah. Pilgrim. It sounds like a cult thing. Oh, yeah. It sounds a little culty. I yeah, like which, it. which makes me like it. Which, which works because we started a cult. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a organization that empowers. It's a you new religious to make movement. Your own choices and not be limited by everything on the earthly plane. We're a collective, <laughs> a commune, we, if you will. We support each other. Yes. there's no leader, but you could say Sam and I are the leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could write your checks to us. To us. We just handle the money. Right. Which not isn't, the leaders. isn't even, the money is not even the important part it's of it. It's not. Although we will kick you out if we don't get the money. But that's just because the rules, man. We don't make I the mean, rules. I mean, if you really want to be a part of this collective and support yourself and your fellow, you know, group mates, mm-hmm. then you will give us mm-hmm. the money that you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Um, I could stay just... talking about our our fake cult <laughs> for days. I could we talk probably, yeah. forever. We probably shouldn't, though. I mean, then... welcome to the instructional video to join our <laughs> cult. <laughs> um, I would do all the I would do all the voiceover work. So yeah, you're you would be great at it. Thank I'm you. Really impressed. Thank already. you. Um. So anyway, he's a creep. He is we a creep. We don't like that. He's a creep. He's dating a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, an actual adult woman shows mm-hmm. interest in him for seemingly no reason whatsoever. No reason But at who all. is he to question it? Just a mumbly little boy. Just an awkward and yelly little boy. And then you meet her, ex- her exes, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that's why she's interested in him, because all of these other people she's dated yeah. sucked a big one. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a big part of the the thing too. She's, she says it more than once, just like, oh, I've never dated a guy as nice as you before. Um, Right. And I do think, but here's the thing. I I do think that's what happens when, with hot girls, um, I would Mm -hmm. know, um, because I am one. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot is that you get, you date all these fucking douchebags. And that's why you always see like a really attractive woman with like a, a five on a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, because then they realized, oh, but this guy is actually nice to me. And that's right. nice. And I want that. I want someone to yeah. make me feel nice. Um, so I get it. It's where that whole quote unquote nice guy thing like comes from. 
hate because guys. the night the the like nice guys they're not actually nice no it's just trash. they're not like they're not like immediately presenting themselves as macho douchebags so yeah. it's like oh he's a nice guy but he actually sucks he's dating a 17 year old just for attention yeah <laughs> then not yes. breaking up with her because he doesn't want to look like a bad guy yes i Yes, I like it. Okay, so I'm trying to pull something up because there's a poet that I fucking love. I feel like I posted her on my story recently. Um, and it's just about she does a lot of poetry in regards to like men and like the how men tend to treat her in public and how she doesn't give a shit. Like she's like, I don't you I don't owe you a smile. Like I don't owe you yeah. anything, right? And one of the lines is um why do men owe it's something alike I'm not quoting her word for word but it's something like um why do men always complain about the friend zone when that's the first place they ask to go when you tell them you have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and it's like sorry it just felt oh girl Mm -hmm. she's she's great her name is Kyla Janae Lacey I think awesome um great poet great videos yeah um anyway so yes nice guys suck (laughs) because well because it's true because everything (sighs) everything is so transactional in terms of like male female relationships I feel especially these days um and it's one of those things where I've encountered a lot of quote-unquote nice guys who are basically just biding their time to show you what a big dick they are. Right. They're like, so it's oh, like, I'll be there. I'll be your friend. I'll be supportive. Yeah. I'll be cool. And then I'm going to try to get something from you. And then you're right. going to say no because you don't view our relationship that way. And then I'm going to make you feel like shit for not. Right. Because I gave you all this yeah. niceness. Why can't you give me a little bit of sex in return? Exactly. I just want a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> And then you have to be like, I'm so sorry, but the thought of that makes me want to crawl out of my own skin. I never want to do that with you. And then. And I'm taking that skin with me. My skin I, is I'm crawling mine. out of it and I'm taking it with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So like a backpack. I'm not leaving it there for you. No. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it like a shawl. I'm going to crawl no, out I'm of gonna, my skin. I'm going to wrap it around my waist like a, like <laughs> a sweater go. that I yeah. took off because it got too hot. Yeah. Yeah. And just walk around like that. Yeah. Is that what you want, Mr. Nice Guy? That's what you want? Is that the visual? Is that visual <laughs> description good enough for you to leave me the fuck alone, maybe? Um, so, yeah, he meets Ramona Flowers and they date, I guess, and he fights uh, all of her exes, not ex-boyfriends. Right. Exes. So that's where, when she starts feeling things mm-hmm. for him, Right. right? The, what I noticed is that the first, I mean, she, after the first time they hang out, he gets an email mm-hmm. from the first ex introducing him to this, like, concept of the League of Evil Exes. Right. And, like, he's got to fight all of them. Whatever. He just kind of, he deletes it, which which is funny. Yeah. Um, and it's like a chain email. <laughs> when she sees him, when she sees Scott Pilgrim playing with his band on stage mm-hmm. for the first time, Ramona Flowers is there. His 17-year-old girlfriend is there, too. Yep. Um, Ramona's kind of like, I don't really. 
this seems like, you know, his deal or whatever. But you can see Ramona and Scott make eye contact while he's playing. Yeah. And she's like digging it. She's like, this is cool because music is impressive. When you see someone play music, you're like, okay, I see. Okay, I see what you okay, got going on. I got it. I'm into it. And that's it. when the first evil ex shows up to mm-hmm. fight because you can tell she's like, okay, now we have a connection. So when she starts feeling things, it's like the evil ex shows up. And then Scott has to fight her seven evil exes in order to win the right mm-hmm. to be with her. But that that's how it starts out, right? Right. But because this is like a manic pixie dream girl story, it isn't it doesn't end up being about her at all, right? It's actually his journey to self-respect. Yeah. Is what these fights end up being about. Yeah. Because during the last fight, he's like, I'm not doing this for her, I'm doing it for me. <laughs> So her presence in his life is literally all about his journey. Yeah, God forbid it be about anybody else. Uh, but that's what this whole month is about, right? It's right. about uh, women not mattering um, yeah. and men. And sad boy become less sad. Yeah, Sad boy become less sad. Sad boy right. believe in himself. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Which is good. And But though that story is all like, we're like, nah, whatever. It is still a fun movie. There's fun fight scenes. Mm -hmm. I really like the fight scene. So Mae Whitman plays one of the exes and Scott Pilgrim is like, oh, I can't hit a girl. So it's like a cool fight scene where first Ramona like pulls out a hammer and then like she's like fighting. She's literal Thor. Anyway, continue. She she gets like she's like controlling his arms and legs and making him fight um, the girl for She's, like, controlling him fighting the girl. And it looks really cool. She's, like, the puppet master. Yeah. And I'm, like, this is a cool fight scene. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of Edgar Wright stuff that we know and love, Mm -hmm. you know? Music. Yeah. Fights. I just... I uh, and I like I said I enjoyed this this movie immensely, but I do have a problem with the fact that this entire movie, Uh while okay, so here's the thing: it doesn't become about. Uh, Scott's journey to self-love until like the last 10 minutes of the film, right? Because the rest of the movie is literally two men fighting over possession of a woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To possess her body and soul. Um, And that doesn't sit right with me. Now, here's the thing. Ramona is obviously a more interesting character. We know this. She obviously has some shit in her past that I feel like we should have delved more into, but we never do. So, like, there's – so when the fight that you're talking about where where they fight Mae Whitman – there's that moment at the end because he's so, like, oh, I don't want to fight her, but she tells tells Scott – she had like her weakness is behind her knees or whatever. The back right? of her knees. Yeah. Right. The back of her knees. And part of me wishes. So like. So Ramona's agency is basically taken away from her. Right. Like she has no say as to who first obviously who wins. Right. But like right. part of me feels like it would be a better it would make me feel less icky if we got to see her actively participating in these fights and giving Scott more, like, cause there's a, oh, like, tell me what happened so I know what I can do to defeat this guy, right? Yeah. But like, I wanted more of that. I wanted her to be like, okay, well, you know, say something about his hair. And then, I don't know, f- something fucking stupid. And then that's the thing that ends up 
um, d- helping yeah. him defeat the ex boyfriend because it's like in some in, in a in a more like metaphorical way, right? In a more whatever. Anytime you enter a new relationship with a person, you are always battling their exes, right? And just not physically. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're battling the scars and the trauma that they left right. behind if they did, right? And so the the fact that in order in in a real world situation, the way that you would um, overcome those things and like begin to heal each other and the relationship, whatever, so that you guys could be in love or whatever, would be communication. So I kind of feel like if she would have been a more active participant in taking down her exes, I would feel better about this movie. Yeah. Or if she seemed to have, like, any kind of wants or desires at all. Well, yeah, I mean, that too. (laughs) She does. I mean, at first she's like, this is silly, but she's not, like, doing anything to stop it, you know? And then... For the third act of the movie, she kind of just pieces out because yeah. Gideon comes back, her most recent ex, who organized this whole league of eagle, evil ex, eagle exes, evil exes. I think eagle exes um, works. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, let's remake it. Yeah, they're eagles. They're all now. eagles. <laughs> um, so she she's like, oh, he just, I can't just, I just can't help himself myself around him or whatever. So she just kind of sits there and like yeah. lets. Gideon control her with no and and it you know she's got a chip on the back of her neck Mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. and it ends up breaking later but like there's really no it's just kind of like a convenient way for her to not be a part of the story at all yeah so it is kind of like wow I do wish Ramona had more of a personality I guess part of the draw is that like I mean part of the whole manic pixie dream girl thing is like well she doesn't have a real personality yeah you know because it's not about her. It's no. about Scott Pilgrim and the stuff that he wants. And right. he wants to be cool enough to deserve this cool lady. You know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's but weird. how much more powerful... <laughs> obviously, I know that you agree in this respect. But, like, how much more powerful would the story have been if it had been the journey about both of these two characters? So it's, yeah. like, it's like acceptance of his self and his, you know, abilities by Scott. But also... For Ramona to realize that she is not her past trauma and she can actually move forward and be happy with someone that she that loves and respects her. You know what I mean? Like it would have been so much more powerful if it would have been a true like team up almost Mm -hmm. um, to kind of fight these things together as opposed to being like, okay, well, you have fun. Um, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to leave. Have a good time, Scott. Hope you do it because I really care about you, I think. Um, <laughs> and then just leaving. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it. Yeah. It would have been a better story. But you can't fault it because it was written by a man and men don't think about women. So. <laughs> yeah. Women have, have wants and desires and motivations. And com- like complex personalities that manifest in different ways. <laughs> Not in my universe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like even the character. So um, Brie Larson's character. Is it Envy? Yeah. Envy. Envy Adams. Yeah. Envy Adams. Um, immediately you get she's an evil ex-girlfriend, evil ex-bitch I think they call her bitch multiple times. Um, 
or whatever. Um, the only story that you get is that she went off, became famous and realized, oh, I don't want to date this guy anymore. I want to date this other hot guy and goodbye, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but how that's so uninteresting and it's so uncreative. Like, yeah, what Even is watching it? I was like, there's got to be some kind of explanation for this or like they're going to, you know, have some sort of moment where mm-hmm. it's like, OK, maybe like, yeah, she hurt him, but there's like some more complexity or there. But that doesn't happen. She just sucks. No, she, <laughs> she just, just sucks. And I'm not yeah. saying and here's the thing. I'm not saying that people should write characters that don't like just suck because sometimes yeah. people suck and they do. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But like just to put her into the box of that bitch, my evil ex-girlfriend. Right. Um, oh, she just found a hotter dude. It's like clearly we've already established that Scott's kind of a dick. So, like, who's to say that he's not part of the problem and the reason that she found solace in someone else? You know what I mean? But they're completely Mm -hmm. writing it off, almost kind of like with 500 Days of Summer. Like, clearly this movie is being told specifically from Scott's perspective. So, like, the idea that other people have opinions or their own experiences in relation to Scott is just, like, it doesn't even exist. And at the end, he does kind of, like, you know... Aubrey Plaza is in it. She kind of calls him out for treating the girls in his life poorly. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he does apologize to his friend Kim, who he, you know, broke up with in mm-hmm. some, you know, mean way. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, and she's like, yeah, it's OK. Like, like eventually, like obviously she held a grudge, but then like eventually is like, mm-hmm. OK, but so he does realize it. But when he apologizes to her, if you remember the movie, he's like, for uh, for what for I you know everything I'm sorry for everything it's like but what did you don't know what you did like you still don't know <laughs> acknowledgement just, he just knows that he has to apologize yeah <laughs> and that's and that's the thing though is that ugh, I'm so sick of people painting men as these clueless creatures right like because they truly they truly are mm-hmm. not they know mm-hmm. most of the time what the fuck they're doing and so this idea that like he doesn't know why they stopped dating or like he doesn't know why he should be apologizing is just absolute bullshit. Yeah. It's like, like you fucking own it. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. Even if you can't you just, name everything, name a few yeah. that you can remember. Right. Or like a general sense of it. It's like when you're in therapy and you're like, I don't know, I just like felt this thing or whatever. And then your therapist is like, well, what did you think of when you felt that thing? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I guess I have this image of like this other thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know how that's related. And then yeah. the more you talk about it, you're like, oh yeah, that is related. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I get it now. Yeah. It's like therapy. Go to therapy is what we're saying. I think at the end of the day, we're just mm-hmm. telling everyone to go to therapy. Check it out. It's a, it's the base platform of our cult. Uh, we make sure mm. everyone goes to therapy. I mean, yeah, it's, gotta- it's, it's mind control therapy for us, but um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're the else. therapists, yeah. actually. And <laughs> you don't need to see our credentials. No, no, no. We can print. But we can, Shelby, Shelby, we can just print something at like FedEx Kinkos and just like okay, yeah. It'll be like it'll look like a certificate, and then I'll sign yours, and you can sign mine. It'll look like perfect. Like schools did it. I'll be. From, uh, I want to go to Harvard, so I'll make like a Harvard one. You can make whatever. I want to go to OSU. <laughs> okay we'll make you an osu one um, thank you yeah it'll be great 
something else I noticed about this movie and feel, I, I don't know. I feel like there was something off putting mm-hmm. about the way they presented various Asian characters yes. in this movie. Yes. Okay. Great. That's what I wrote down in sensitive okay. Asian jokes question yes. mark. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And I was like, am I being overly sensitive? I mean, here's the but- thing. We just had what happened in Atlanta, you know, and yeah. so that's very like um, the hate that is thrown on Asian Americans and has been for so long. Like right now we're experiencing the violence of it, but for so long Asians have been the butt of jokes in very what some might call like innocuous ways like oh it's just you know you do an accent and it's like "Uh uh-huh lol like that is a chinese guy right and it's like the they've been the butt of those jokes for so long um and so that might be also why i was extra i was the minute it started i was like i was like oh 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 gotta look gotta look at it gotta look at what they're doing oh i don't really like that yeah yeah, and it is kind of like in this kind of like nerd video game obsessed culture, there is a lot of like, you know, white guys who are like, oh, I want to date like an East Asian girl, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so like, there are like people who are obsessed with, you know, Chinese street fashion mm-hmm. or, you know, K-pop. Japanese culture or K-pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like in a way, like with Knives, so Knives Chow, the 17-year-old girlfriend, mm-hmm. like Scott Pilgrim makes it a point to be like, she's Chinese. It's no yeah. big deal. Like, right. like, I'm so cool. And she does have like more of a personality than the other Asian characters mm-hmm. um, that I will m- go on to talk about. Yes. But she also falls into a lot of the same stereotypes, like the, the Chinese schoolgirl thing. Mm-hmm. And then she dyes part of her hair blue, yep. which is like, for some reason, every East Asian girl in a movie has to have like a streak, a streak, a streak hair. of colored yep. hair. Mm-hmm. It is pretty funny. Like the the one of the evil exes, Todd, like punches her, which oh, is yeah. fucked up. Right. But like, Young Neil is like, you punched her highlight. He punched her highlights oh, out. Yeah. Um, but like it is. And then she's like, they're obs- they play this ninja fighting game together. And then she's like, fight. I don't know. It just sat a little wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about. As what it should Su- have, because it also I, sat wrong with me. <laughs> okay. I, I was thinking about like what Suki said mm-hmm. when, when we were talking about Holiday, where she's like, you know, we're sitting here, we have to watch these movies. And like, this is what we're seeing. And I thought of like, you know, someone watching this and, and try, you know, a 17 year old girl with like Chinese heritage watching this and trying to see herself in the movie and just how like, kind of messed up that would be yeah <laughs> like to see that it's like obviously this isn't mo- this isn't for her yeah this, is, this movie isn't for the 17 year old Chinese girl yeah you know it's for the white guys yeah but and, and then that's the thing too it's the fetish fetish I can't say it fetish yeah there you go fetish <laughs> It's how he fetishizes it. So like you said, yeah. he's very like every time he talks about his 17 year old girlfriend, he says, oh, mm-hmm. she's Chinese. He never at any point intends to end up with her. Mm-mm. And it's like he is only with her for the 
for the fact that she's young and naive, so she'll, mm-hmm. you know, she'll basically accept anything. Um, yeah. And two, because it, it gives him almost like a street cred, right? But it's like the minute you get Ramona into the picture, this white woman, right? Right. It's like it's her that he sees himself ending up with her uh, with at the end of the day. So it's like, oh, this this uh, Chinese girl was – oh, she was – it was a phase that I, I – oh, it was part yeah. of my cool guy phase where I dated someone of a different ethnic heritage and I'm right. really cool about it. So that like 20 years from now when his kids are like – Oh, you're you don't like my whatever boyfriend. He's he can be like, oh well, honey, I dated a Chinese girl. I'm really hip and cool. Don't you don't you worry about it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's so it gross. Is. It's just and gross. and she and she's like fine with it. Like at mm-hmm. the end, knives is like go get her. Like she forgives him, mm-hmm. I guess, for being shitty, for straight and, up cheating on her. Yeah, yeah, and like. Oh, it's so weird. And then it, if that were like the, no, it's still messed up, but that isn't even the only thing. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not just East Asian. So, I mean, the, the first ex-boyfriend that he fights, the first ex, yes. Matthew Patel mm-hmm. is like, you know, he's, <laughs> they make his fight in the style of like a Bollywood dance scene. Yeah. And then when when he fights the Katayanagi twins, mm-hmm. who are Japanese, it's all like you've got these like dragons and like their music all makes these dragons come mm-hmm. out like these stylized East Asian looking dragons mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, OK, you're kind of boiling down these characters to just like their, their stereotypes. Yeah. And it was like. I was like, that's weird that they did that. And the Katayanagi twins don't even talk because apparently the actors didn't really speak a lot of English. So, but like, that's how they chose to do the movie. They're yeah. like, we don't need them to talk. We'll just have them sit there and be Japanese. That's yeah. all we need. And it really is just kind of using them as a prop and like set dressing. Yeah. It really is like all of the stuff that Suki talked to us about mm-hmm. is like present in this movie. Yeah. And, and I was watching it like, that's messed up. Yeah. So as much as I do enjoy the movie, it's really striking the the sort of I don't want to say anti-Asian sentiment, but definitely the anti-Asian sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it really boils these char- characters down to like cultural stereotypes yeah. and doesn't give them any kind of voice in any other way. Right. Um and it made me really uncomfortable. And like the thing with the Katanagi twins, right? So that they they battle them at the battle, literally battle of the bands. And so when they come mm-hmm. out, it is very much, um, it's like Scott and his band are an actual band, and then the Katanagi twins are basically DJs. But like yeah. that could have played differently, right? Yeah. Like they could have been a fucking different genre of music band with different. You know what I mean? Like they could have done something fucking really cool but instead (laughs) they were like oh let's just have them dj and then have dragons fucking come out of the right of their speakers the music is cool i mean the sex all of sex bob-omb's music was written by like beck and it's it's freaking cool and then the katianagi twins their music was written by an actual like uh japanese dj Mm -hmm. so 
that could have been a I, even with that it could have been a much cooler scene and apparently yeah. the katanagi twins in the comics they they talked and everything they weren't just silent what they were yeah. people yeah but they cut that because the actors didn't speak english it's like well why did you cast those people why did you decided to do it that way? They decided to do it. Why did it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. But I guess that I mean, it goes to show you like this has been this was 2010. And this mm-hmm. kind of stuff was happening for a long time. I don't think at the time, I don't remember when I saw it, the white people I was talking to and weren't talking about this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, people were seeing this and thinking these things, but yeah. it wasn't like a huge topic of conversation. And that's really a shame. I think it's because and and that's the thing. That's why I said overall, this movie is enjoyable because when you watch it, you get so caught up yeah. in the whimsy of it. You get so caught up in the fact that they're literally fighting like it's a fucking comic book. And, you know, all these things that you... And that's literally the point of microaggressions. It's not supposed yeah. to be obvious. When it yeah. fucking happens, it's not when people yell the N-word at people. You know what I mean? Like, that is just aggression. But the mm-hmm. whole purpose of even just the the term microaggressions is the fact that it happens on such a small scale that if you were to call it out, people would be like, oh my God, you're reading into things. I mean, right. you even had that reaction just now. You were like, I don't know if I'm being overly sensitive. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> you're not though. Yeah. Because yeah. it's there and it's overt. And if you had like a weird mixed reaction to something, then that means it actually, and the fact that both of us even did, just means yeah. that it's something that's actually there and it's present in this movie, but it's on such a small scale that like dipshits who don't give a shit aren't going right. to see it at all. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's just, it's the dragons because they're Japanese. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Yeah. The fuck? Like, and that's it. That's all. Japan dragons that's, that's you know the entire country is and just, just to have you know they're throughout this whole movie they're using all of these video game sound effects including a lot of Zelda sound effects they use I at one point I was like that's the theme song from the great fairy fountain Zelda mm-hmm. and uh, actually I read in the trivia that the colors of that Ramona uses in her hair correspond to the three fairies in one of the Zelda games mm-hmm. um and it's just like you're using all of this stuff created by Japanese mm-hmm. and the Legend of Zelda and all this Nintendo stuff. And <laughs> yet, you're the only actual Japanese characters you have in here are these twins who do not talk and just look like, st- and then have stereotypic dragons flying around mm-hmm. them. And I. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny. It's just, it's so funny. It literally is so funny. Like, appropriation is so funny to me. Like, in the, it's just like. Yeah. And it's only funny. Obviously, it's not funny, right? It's it's not. It's not funny. But it's funny in the sense of, like, you're literally taking someone's culture and being like, but it's white now. And you're like, you didn't even do it right. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're not even, what are you doing? Sorry. And yeah, and I mean, and like I said, it's not just East Asian because they have um, this mm-hmm. Indian character who they don't even talk about very much, but his nope. name is Matthew Patel yeah. and he has a Bollywood fight scene. So I'm guessing he's Indian because that's the only information they give yeah. us, right? Um and they talk about how, like, the movie is like, okay, it's kind of like a musical, but instead of musical numbers, they have fight scenes. And so Matthew Patel's fight scene corresponds with, like, a Bollywood musical number. And it was, but it was just kind of jarring to yeah. have it, like, 
like, oh, this is the only person. He's the only one who had like that sort of style attributed mm-hmm. to because the other guys fighting are just like fighting. Like yeah. they're not, you know, there's no musical aspect or right. like, something to associate it with. Yeah. So it is kind of just like and and so I will go on. I will say I think it's completely this movie was just for white people. Oh, it yeah. wasn't even just like. Well, not for Asian people. It's not that it just wasn't was not for Asian people. It was for white people because yeah. any there was no any there wasn't any other kind of like. Do you mean ninety eight percent of films and television? Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right, you're you. totally right. Thank it's you. just obviously obvious that going into the making this movie, the people making it weren't thinking about that at all. Yeah, in any way. Yeah, and so it is very much very white and I did not I mean I kind of I I'm glad we're spending like half this episode talking about this because like I think it'd be a shame not to no you go back and like watch these movies that you enjoyed or that like were really popular and it's like hey hey remember that yeah remember that movie some stuff there's some stuff that. And I think I mean I think that's also important to to use in your own excavation of your of your biases and your problematic thoughts too because it's mm-hmm. like you're not born this way. Okay? Right. You're not born inherently racist. You are taught to be because you grow up in a society that's that centralizes whiteness and white stories and um you eventually learn it. Right. And so and you, yeah, the otherization. Right. Like other right. And especially other. like, I mean, for most of my life, I all, I strictly identified with white female characters, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was all that was given to me. So then when you finally um and, and and for me it's like I'm white passing enough as it is. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's like me, right? At least she's close. She's not, mm-hmm. she's not exactly like me, but she's close enough, right? But then you have other people um, of different ethnic backgrounds, and they are not seen at all. And when they yeah. are seen, it's in such a degrading way that they start to think, well, do I have to now put a streak in my hair? Because that's what all the other Asians on TV are doing in all these <laughs> movies that I love that are about white men. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like yeah. you, you're trying to figure out how you figure into the world when in reality, like those examples that are given to you are only centered around white men. And like, there's so much more. There is so there's so much more than a white male experience because they're not very interesting. They literally had to add (laughs) fucking comic books to make this guy's story interesting, like comic book (laughs) aspects to make his story interesting. Yeah, because like you hate because it's not interesting. You hate him the whole time. I mean, he sucks the whole time. I don't, (laughs) I don't like sympathize with him during this movie. You don't. You really don't. It's so. But when you have nothing else to look at, you know, then this is all you see. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, and I think that's why representation obviously is so important. But obviously, it goes beyond representation too. Um, in terms of like film, it goes into like government representation or just like people who are visible figures even fucking influencers like why are they all blonde and white 
They yeah. don't, we don't have the same skin tone. Why am I going to ask them for fucking skincare advice? Like, we don't, <laughs> we right. don't even, I'm not going to buy the same fucking sunblock as you because it's going to look like, <laughs> make me look like a fucking ghost. Meanwhile, it blends in with your fucking skin. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Well, Sam, I think you'd make a good ghost. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And one day I will be. Um, so yeah even the the manic pixie dream girl aspect of this yes uh, and the problematic things happening there it really does pale in comparison to the way that um all of the asian characters are treated in this movie mm-hmm. because it's like yeah mary elizabeth winstead barely gets anything to do she just mm-hmm. looks cool which is like all right that's cool we got a character who looks cool yeah you know and by we i mean white women it's like <laughs> well she looks cool uh <laughs> yeah and she's desirable right and that's like it, it, it really it really shows you that the whole concept of the manic pixie dream girl is mm-hmm. also um entrenched in like the whiteness of it because mm-hmm. the dream girl of course is always a white woman white yeah. yeah, she's a white woman. Yeah. And she, because that's what's desirable. And then you have all of these other characters who really just get s- sidelined completely. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in reality, at the end of that movie, he should have ended up with knives. I mean, not uh, uh, aside from like the outside bit of the fact that she was like 17 and like he was like, really big dick <laughs> to her and like all that stuff. But like they paired so well together yeah. in terms of fighting Gideon and, like, winning the final battle thing and, like, all that kind of stuff, that, like, you, on first on first watch, a.k.a. the time I watched this, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, does he not end up with Ramona? Like, I literally went, I yeah. was like, oh, does yeah. he not end up with her? I mean, I'm not mad at it, you know what I mean? Like, sucks to fight all these guys, but, like, at least <laughs> he's with someone who he, like, works well together with. Um, and then he ends up with Ramona anyway. Um, but there are a few things in terms of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl that I want to talk about um, before yes. we finish things up. One of those things being the idea of mixed signals. So in society today, the whole idea of consent, the conversation around what is consent and mm-hmm. whether or not um, a woman or anyone entered into a sexual, like, situation willingly is very up for debate i don't think it's that debatable i i yes means yes and no means get the fuck off of me but right um but in this character i mean in this movie the character of ramona is very like undecided she's very indecisive she doesn't know what Mm -hmm. she wants right um and i feel like that is something that kind of feeds into that male perspective of oh but women don't know what they want yeah i don't know can be there to tell her that she wants this and i mean to the credit of this movie there's the moment where that you think they're gonna have sex and she's like actually i changed my mind i don't want to have sex and he's like oh okay um and they don't have actual sex um and she says something about like i reserve the right to change my mind um you know whatever yeah and like that's good because that should be how it goes it should be hey i know we were about to have sex but i've decided i don't want to have sex anymore and the guy should be like okay yeah that's cool um right let's lay down i don't know let's go to bed whatever the fuck right um but it does still like the manic pixie dream girl is always this girl who's like 
in the wind, right? She doesn't have a plan for her life. She doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know what she wants. So I have to guide her. I have to tell her (laughs) what she wants because God forbid she make any decisions for herself. It's so hard. Um, Don't want to overload her little brain. Right. And she's already mind controlled by someone else. True. So (laughs) literally, literally mind controlled. Yeah. Um, So, which she is like, what's him. the point of all the ex-boyfriends when you can just like flip a switch and and just tell her to come home? You know what I mean? Just flip yeah. a switch. But I mean, and that whole story too between her and Gideon is, is perfect for that as well. It's like, oh, he never paid attention to me and he I always wanted him and then he didn't want me and then all of a sudden I left and now he wants me. Um, right. But it's, you know, it's obviously they depict that relationship as gross but yeah. men do that all the time on less levels, right? Like they're not, not everyone's doing it in this like super grotesque right. and like manipulative way, but it yeah. still There's happens. an obsession with like, like swerving people, you know, or like playing it cool. You don't, you mm-hmm. don't double text and like, mm-hmm. and then if someone is really- yeah, if someone seems really into you and then they stop, you're like, well, I wasn't into him, but now I got to find out what was going on. And it's just like this stupid game that yeah. why is anyone interested in playing that at this point? I don't know. I'm not. I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I've not, I'm not. And I tell all of the my younger coworkers um, whenever they're like, I'm talking to this guy and he hasn't texted back or whatever. I'm like. So what? You don't want to text him twice in a row? Fucking do it. What? If he's already not yeah. interested in you, he's just going to ignore that one too. So what the fuck's the point? If like you have something to say, fucking say it. Like, right. I don't understand. If, if a singular text is going to change the way someone feels about you completely, then like... You must be saying something really wild. I mean, text. to be fair, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To be fair, if a really bad text came through, I'd be like, right. "Oh no, uh, yeah. we can't do that." But like, just this idea that that this game that we've all played in terms of dating relationships, where we're not we're supposed to, it's whoever cares the least that's in the power position, right, in a relationship, and it's yeah, it's just fucking bullshit. It's all just fucking it's bullshit. bullshit. Um, it's manipulation is what it is. It's, um, it is literally power play and it's disgusting because you shouldn't try to have power over someone. You should be on the same level. Unless you are having a fist fight with their (laughs) ex-boyfriends and then. (laughs) And then you could just get a power up. It's different. Exactly. That's not a power play. That's a power up. Um, Yes, and then the other thing that I asterisked in my uh, notes was he gets mad at her for her past because she's not perfect. Um, yeah, he says something like, what if you slept with everyone at this party? Or is yeah. there anyone at this party you haven't slept with? I'm like, that's a yep. fucked up thing to say. Yep. I thought you were a nice guy, Scott. Yeah, nice guys <laughs> are assholes. Nice guys are literally waiting yeah. to show you how They're much assholes. of a dick that they actually are. Yeah. Like, truly. Yeah. It's like, hmm, when's it going to come out? When's it going to come out? But they're out? like, it's like, I can say this fucked up thing because I said so many nice things mm-hmm. before. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. Not Honey, at all. no. Honey, no. Not at all. Um, yeah, that that was literally like a slap in the face when he says that to her. Because it's yeah. like, first of all, 
She has seven ex-boyfriends. And that's a, first of all, that's not a lot. Second of all, even if she had 70 ex-boyfriends, right. if you feel like the relationship is worth it for you, you will put in the work to be with that person, regardless of how many people they've slept with, regardless of how much baggage they fucking have. Yeah. And it's like, don't sit here and pretend that you're now better than her. Yeah. Because you're, you're fucking a 17 not. year old. Yeah. Because you suck. No right. one likes you, Scott Pilgrim. Sorry to say it. Scott no one Pilgrim. fucking likes you. You fucking live in the same bed as your roommate because you're too much of a shithead to get your own goddamn apartment and live by yourself. And it your roommate funny, really wants it, – it's hilarious. I your, do like that they all sleep in no, the same bed. No, it's a funny <laughs> bit. I'm not saying it's not funny. Yeah. But in real life, if your oh, roommate yeah. is constantly trying to get you to move out because you literally sleep in the same bed and he's tired of it and he wants to fuck all his hot men that he brings home, yeah. then you're not better than anyone. <laughs> Right. Just there, you have no no reason. What no do you bring into the table? Like Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um, well, and that there you have it. The lessons of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> what what were the lessons again? Don't be a dick. Uh, Stop yeah. stereotyping Asian people and Don't date seventeen year olds. Don't date yeah. seventeen year olds. I think that's yeah. lesson number one. Um, and don't date nice guys that's also number two (laughs) i like to say it's it's really funny um because my old boss from chicago she would always say because her husband is kind of he's kind of out there but she would always say he's not a nice guy but he's a good guy and i'm like i'd rather date a good guy than a nice guy for sure yeah for sure so that's my standard and i'm sticking to it well, that was that. That was our Manic Pixie Dream Girl month. What a way to end it. What an exhausting know? month, frankly. <laughs> exhausting month. I'm so I glad that phase. My past. I'm so glad that phase in my life is over. Um, oh, yeah. We'll never talk about it again. I'm never. Sure. We'll never talk about it again. Because you know what next month is? Uh, Tell tell the people, Sam. Uh, guys, make sure you tune in next week because we are starting another series for April entitled achy breaky april we are delving into heartbreak folks we are talking all about those breakups and makeups and everything in between so make sure you send us your breakup stories oh yeah i want to hear i I love the tea give me the tea um spill it Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at The Rom Complex. And you can email us your breakup stories so we can read them live on air. The Rom Complex mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Also, we haven't said this in a while, but make sure you uh, subscribe to our channel and leave us a review <laughs> if you like what you're what you're hearing. If you don't like what we're doing, still give us five stars, but leave a review and tell us what we could be doing better. <laughs> um <laughs> because we will read them we will we definitely will and if you say something mean we will feel bad about it for a while and we'll cry forever um and then we'll forget about it and then we'll remember it occasionally Mm -hmm. in the future Mm -hmm. and think while we're trying to fall asleep we'll Mm -hmm. be like oh that bad review yeah like yeah but it'll be okay but just make sure it's five stars at the end of the day yeah yeah if you put if you put less then we'll feel bad um even worse i mean we're already gonna feel bad but we'll feel worse so make sure you do that as well and most of all, keep falling in love with yourselves. Uh, bye. Uh, bye. Bye.